Hey, this is Ron Fuller, and you are listening to WPOV. Hey, folks, it's another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-hosts who, guys, I am awake and I am ready to do this show. I am here with the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, welcome. Pleasure as always. You're wide awake. I'm half asleep. Let's see how this goes. Uh, bear in mind, I did drink an extra large uh, Starbucks drink, like a tent- Trenta size one. So I am hopped up. On you had a John Tenta size? <laughs> I wish there was a, I don't think I could afford Starbucks a John Tenta size would probably break the bank and of course the gentleman Elio Canella great to be here let's go on with the show well you know what guys uh, Elio probably said before we logged on here uh, onto the show and we were doing a little quick talk he said probably the one thing that I you know sometimes you watch a show and you're sitting there like hmm what do I think of the show Elio said to me probably the thing that hit me the most he said wow that was like all over the place and I'm going to have to agree. It was a show that had some really cool things. It had some show, stuff that made absolutely no fucking sense that made you want to bang your head. But it also had some things that just sort of went right down the middle. So, yeah, it was kind of an all over show. Well, we're going to get that today. We're going to dig into deep. But first of all, I want to tackle our two question points of the show. And the first one is our elite delete. And elite delete is our thing where and we always want to preference this because we want fans to understand what we're getting at. We're not saying whoever we pick, even like, you know, we picked Cody Rhodes last night or last week. And it was like, we would be idiots if we thought, oh yeah, you should fire Cody Rhodes. Obviously, yeah. What we don't mean that fire that. What we mean is at this moment, at the presentation you're seeing right now, do you think that this is a star who they should embrace at what they've got, push him to the moon, that's the elite part, or pull them back, throw them into dark a little bit. Uh, maybe sometimes even fire them if they're shitty enough. But that's what we want to see is we're trying to gauge where you fans are seeing some of the newer faces or faces we're wondering about have been around maybe too long. And, and that's what the whole point of Elite Delete is. So this week we have Mike Nemeth. Uh, what is he calling himself? The Hollywood hunk? Is that yeah. right? Okay, the Hollywood hunk. Uh, brother of Dolph Ziggler, younger brother of Dolph Ziggler, WWE superstar. Uh, he has only now made a handful of appearances on uh, on uh, all of the AEW shows, but they've had him in some pretty interesting uh, spotlight. So we're wondering from what we see at this moment, this is a fresh new Elite or Delete. And uh, I wanna start off with uh, with Andy. What is your, what you're seeing right now in this style? Is he a guy you're like, yep, we could shine that up, push him to the moon? Or you know what, he needs a lot more seasoning and maybe some more development. Um. The, the way you explain that, I, I'll, I'll kind of, I'm going to say initially I'm in the middle before I kind of give an actual answer because to yep. me, uh, I don't see him as a shine it up, let's push him. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that, you know, from what I've seen, he's he's done some good stuff and what he's been asked to do, he's, he's done the job. Uh, I think to me, though, two things. One, and, you know, we kind of said this about... Um, uh, who is the other guy? Pretty uh, oh, Peter Avalon. Peter Avalon. You know, it's like okay. Well, aside from wearing the robe, what's the whole pretty thing? Like, what's the gimmick? Yeah. So, you know, I'll cross that with 
with the Hollywood hunk here. What's the Hollywood hunk like? The hair. What it, it, there's, you know, like even you know, even if he would take a page out of Steve Austin or the Bollywood Boys and have the camera and do, you know, something like that, like you know, the cameras roll something or, or be spitting out movie quotes like gold dust i mean you've got you know you've got dust in there that'd be a good guy to kind of pull it off of. so to me the hollywood hunk gimmick it, mm-hmm. it's a name but, there, but there's no gimmick yeah i see that so that's one issue there and you know what we i think we kind of fall into here with a lot of guys is you know maybe he's worth shining up but to me there's probably at least you know five six other guys that I would rather see that should be shined up and maybe given more of a chance, more of a platform than him. Okay. Fair so enough. that's where I would look at uh, a delete, you know, like have him in dark. If you're going to be a Hollywood hunk, okay, mm-hmm. let's work on that gimmick. Let's actually make it something, you know, if, if it's just a name and you're going to find somebody else, then you'll know, find something else. Fine. Work on that. Fine tune that. So you come back to the main show and be like, okay, here's, here's a gimmick. Here's a character we can sink our teeth into. Mm-hmm. rather than just being a wrestler with a nickname. Okay, fair enough. Elio, elite or delete on your half? I'm going to say from what I've seen, I've not seen anything from this guy the few times that we've seen him on the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with delete. I think uh, send him back to dark, uh, have him develop his in-ring skills and uh, maybe uh, like uh, have him do trial promos, see how he works on the mic as well. Yeah, we haven't really seen any work from him on the mic. I mean, sure. they, they just put him, they sent him straight into Dynamite. Okay. Um, I'm going to read Rick Serrano the thirds first, and then I'll give you my opinion. Rick says, the Ziggler fan of me wants to say delete, but then again, the Ziggler fan of me sees that he has a lot of potential. And man, do we need some competitors for the unstoppable Darby? <laughs> okay. <laughs> little sarcasm in there. Um, you don't want to, and just looking, just, you know, sometimes you see stuff. When I first saw him come in and uh, and just get beat up and thrown around, you know, they make a name. Oh, we've got Mike Namath. And where everyone knows who he is. And we're all waiting for the breakout, the potential. Gets thrown around, beat. It reminded me, and I don't know if you guys know this one or not, but do you guys remember when ROH brought in the Spirit Club? Remember those guys from WWE, the Spirit Club? And they brought them in, and they had one competitive match, and then they just jobbed them out. And that was my fear about this, is they got they, they were going to do a one shiny thing. Oh, this is Dolph Ziggler's brother! And then, yeah. you know? And that was my fear. And so in my head, I'm like, well, delete, right? But with, with what Rick was saying and what other people point out, I'm going to say one more comment here from Jordan Clark, okay? And this actually got me thinking. He said, keep one of the few guys on that roster that looks like a grown man. Pretty green, though, and AEW is plenty of that. Sign him and send him out to the Indies for experience. Now, here's my thing. I don't really think that he's ever going to be AEW champion. I don't even think, I don't see the potential really of him being a top-level guy. But he's not a giant like that, uh, that guy in the Nightmare family. But AEW is full of a lot of indie-rific small dudes, and he's not a small dude. I have no problems with keeping him. He's never, I guess, in the sense of how we describe it, I'd have to say delete in only the sense is, I think he should be on every week being the jobber guy, making other people look good. 
I think yeah. he at least gives people credibility because of his height and size, that yeah. he can make you feel like someone who's smaller like Pac is just a little bit even more. Because as cool as the moves that Pac does, Pac is still only a very small man. So guys like this, there's just not a lot of enhancement guys who are big to make the stars look even bigger. It's sort of like when you watch the Young Bucks fight uh, um, the brothers, the two uh, mask guys, uh, Penta and, uh, you know, you see this incredibly fast match. But then if you were to walk up and ask for their autograph, you realize these guys are a head top shorter than you. Yeah. So it takes away from that. So to have uh, a guy that size and give a credible half-ass match where you go over on him makes you look bigger. Yeah. So I'm going to say keep in the sense of keep him on the show, but in our constrictors, delete because he's never, I don't think he'll ever be a main event guy. I think he needs a lot more uh, polishing. Elio's right. We've never heard him speak. So who knows if he even has that skill. So uh, maybe, as we... the Hollywood, maybe as the Hollywood hunk, maybe he's from the silent, uh, silent film era. Or they were trying to, maybe he was the Hollywood chunk and lost some weight and they didn't. Anyways, uh, let's <laughs> then, they should, then, then they need to do a modern day version of the blow away diet like Playboy oh. Buddy Rose did. <laughs> Andy, you bastard. I still have nightmares about him in the right? water and all the <laughs> Oh, I still think of that one, dude. Oh, man. How could you... We think Listeners, like go, go you, YouTube that yes. and, and check out Playboy Buddy Rose and the Blow Away Diet. Even had you, on, that was welcome. on a Sunday Sweet event. So you will never eat crackers the same after watching <laughs> All right, let's look at some of the comments that we have uh, about this. And we're just going to skip through some of them. Uh, but we'll give you, you, you know what? We thank fans who do write in. We're going to give you full credit this week. Uh, Brad Crawford says, uh, give the guy a chance. So he's saying elite. You know, he's saying, uh, let's not dump him right away. Casey yeah. Pelcher says, uh, keep him. Uh, hot young, hot young, Briley sold, Briley? Sold for pack. He can make him up. And what does that even mean? Okay, anyways, Kelsey, Casey, we're just going to say you went with keep him. All yeah. right. Uh, Anyone else want to Ryan read Ryan Lopez's love had the booking idea. Do I touch on that? New four uh, horses. <laughs> right. You can read it, but I know what Elio's going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I it's it, it, I mean it's there and just I mean you know, yeah. we'll give Ryan credit. He he wrote in, so thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, new four horsemen with FTR, Nemeth, and MJF. Uh, already at this point, I'm going to say not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. Tully is their manager, but Arn is a babyface manager who poses them. Make it happen. Uh, not going to happen, but thank nope. you for contributing. So, and I and say Elio? that respectfully. And Elio, what do you have to say to that kind of answer to the question? So we are asking. <laughs> uh, Susan Patrick says he deserves a chance, just like anyone else. And Robbie White, give him a chance. He showed that he can go in a match when he had a little spark against Hangman, which was true. And that and that's kind of going back to my point. I said, you know, like when they gave him a little bit of opportunity, he he did all right. Uh, even when he had to get squashed, he, you know, he did what he was asked to do. So that's, you know, credit to yeah, him. Yeah, he he actually looked quite a bit like his brother being tossed around like a pinball. Only yeah. his brother would come back sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian LeBaron uh, and Todd Scanlon both uh, have keep him as elite. Yep. Lee Priest says delete. Uh, John Dre Myberg. Uh, I guess if him saying he got destroyed by Pac, uh, that, that we'll take that as a delete. Yeah, because I'm not sure if that's a yes or no. Because you know what, you need enhancement guys too. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Um, so you know what? Uh, last one we're going to read here. Last uh, Thomas White said elite, but Brian Craigwood said elite. Let's try to do something real booking for once. Give him some TV wins, build him up, and let him get a huge upset over a top mid-card uh, career and go from there. And don't worry about his brother because he's in a whole other company. You know what? Nobody does that anymore. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Guys with potential, let's make them into something. Uh, one of the biggest gripes we have, especially in AEW, is that doesn't happen. You're either you're marked uh, to the top or you're marked to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. It's rare that they let a guy come up to the top. So uh, interesting, but stupid. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> Wow. He's just, he's dead. But no, no, fans, no. please write in. Yes. Where can they write to, Elio? <laughs> on, on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV1, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. In the end, and this, this, uh, this is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. I want to know generally, overall, what people are kind of thinking. And it seems like people are on the fence with this because 55% said elite, 45% say delete which tells me this is a very mixed thing. Nobody's quite sure yet what to grab onto, you know? And uh, he seems to have potential, but not enough potential. And that's, I think, actually what all of us have been saying here. So we'll, we'll go from there. Now, our next one is our hot topic. Our hot topic of the week was, will Shaq and Jade Cargill have a good match or will it be terrible? Now, I know what Andy Anderson's going to say. Now you fans will get the chance. Will this, will Shaq and Jade Cargill have a good match or will it be terrible, Andy? Oh, you're oh, sorry. I, I thought we were going to talk about the fans things first before, uh, before me. Here's okay. Here's my thing. And you know, I'll preface this because we talked a little bit before the yeah. show started. Uh, you know, you were saying, Oh, it might be like Dennis Rodman. And I'm like, I don't think it'll be that good. Or, you know, like um, Malone, uh, Carl Malone. Carl Malone. And I mean, you know, and they were terrible matches, <laughs> but for what, you know what, I'm going to disagree. Cause for what they were, mm-hmm. they, they were good. They did their basic stuff. I mean, Rodman as a heel, that mm-hmm. was good. I mean, he didn't need to be dazzling or doing anything no. too much. Carl Malone. Uh, Malone. Hey, Leno. the basics, the basic, let's not talk about Jay Leno. I'm talking about the athletes. <laughs> We don't even know if, anyways, yes. But, but, Carl, but Carl Malone, I mean, any yeah. you know, lifelong wrestling fan, you know, you could tell, like, and he's a tremendous athlete, more in the prime of his career versus Shaq, who's, you know, he's, and in, in ter- I, I don't want to say it in the terms of overhill because I'm trying to be respectful. I, I, no, no, like, I'm serious. Like, I'm trying to be respectful. It's just, yeah. I mean, he's, he's retired, he's older, um, you know, like, obviously it's going to be relying more on a size thing for him. To me, this match where I'm worried, and, and people can say, well, this is going to be a showcase for Jade. Jade is such an unknown commodity. To me, the pressure on her, if that's the case, has to be so high because like, it's one thing if, if we're going to use this match to draw attention and whether you like him or not, or he has a 10 minute entrance and everything mm-hmm. about Cody, I would rather Cody still be the focus of this match right. and get the rub. Because Jade right now, to me, is such an unproven commodity, you know, and, and we, you know, we'll get to her, we'll get to their quote unquote training promo that we saw the, you know, the vignette that we saw on TV tonight. Um, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't see it. I don't buy mm-hmm. into it. So, you know, and, and I think also isn't Cody's injured right now or something. He was injured from. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a minor injury, minor injury. Okay. But so, 
to me, my concern is this match is going to look so choreographed that, you know, we already kind of take shots at AEW matches for, you know, guys are waiting for this, they're waiting for that. What is going to happen with Shaq and Jade Cargill? I mean, I, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to come on the show and say, hey, you know, I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, Jade proved me enough. wrong. Shaq proved me wrong. Absolutely. I have no problem. That's I'm not looking to you know be a Debbie Downer here. I'm looking at this, though, as as a worker, as, you know, the fan in me. And I just, mm-hmm. I, you know, to say, honestly, to say this match is going to be the shits, I think would be an upgrade. Wow. Fair That's, enough. I have zero confidence in it. I, and again, I, I, I hope I'm proved wrong. Okay. Elio. Yeah, I'm gonna give it give it a chance because we don't know. Uh, right now, I could, I could say this is gonna be the a terrible match, but then it might mm-hmm. turn out to surprise us and be better than we thought it would be. Okay, okay. You know what? I was listening uh, to Tony Diaz recently over on WPOV, and he said, uh, he made the comment that uh, Jade Cargill. Um, he, she was he was changing his mind slightly like he was seeing maybe seeing something there and i was like what you know and then uh we'll get into it later but i gotta say the promos that they're doing are interesting enough they're playing to her strengths really hardcore you know they're really pushing that she is uh an athlete that she has an incredible look that she's bigger than a lot of other women and that there's something very powerful about her i'll give her that okay um, one of the things I talked about with Andy before we started here was uh, I said, you know, and we'll go over that promo after, but I asked him, you know, did he like the promo? And uh, we'll get into what he said later. But what I said is the promo reminded me of as if somebody was trying to hype a wrestling match, but they didn't know wrestling. Like they hired like an ad man to, to do this. And we've seen this in the, in, in the, all over the place lately, especially like uh, WWE writers, who write wrestling and they're none of them are wrestlers or they don't even, they're not even fans of the show. They're not even long time, you know, fans or backstage people. They're television writers told to write about guys tight in tights, you know? So I think uh, that's sort of the problem with the hype I've seen with this, with Jay Cargill is we're not getting an indication of wrestling whatsoever. You know, I mean, suppose me and Andy had to have a match with somebody and I was going to be this guy coming in and, and nobody knew. So they made, they made, uh, they made videos of me cooking. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. As a chef, <laughs> there I am making all this tremendous food, but okay. Yeah. He looks cool that way, but what the hell does that say about wrestling? You know, he's going to feed Andy and then, you know, like feed him to death kind of thing. <laughs> feed him till he's full and then pin him. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a bit of a misdirection. I got to say, though, she does have an interesting look. So if there is something there, she does have a chance to become a superstar if there's something else in the tank that we haven't seen yet. Because she has the looks, and that's half the battle. Talking? Well, let's not get into her talking. That's, that yeah. needs a lot of work. But yeah. she's got a look. And if you don't have a look, you're generic. You know, I don't want to make fun of Red Velvet. But Red Velvet could walk in here right now. I've seen her on TV 20 times. She could walk in here and I'd still have no fucking clue who she is because she is so generic looking. Okay. On that point, though, that's the Mm -hmm. other part of my issue with this whole thing. 
you know, you want to compare uh, stuff with Rodman, you want to compare stuff with Malone. They were still be- mm-hmm. building up heat. They were still building up animosity. You know, other than some lousy promos of Shaq sitting behind a desk saying, oh, I don't like Cody and uh, this and that. And I, mm-hmm. Why do I care about this match? Yeah. Why? And you know, and you brought up Red Velvet. It's like, okay, well, you're showing Jade. It's like, so there's nothing about Cody's yeah. tag team partner. And, and why is there no Red like, Velvet stuff? Yeah. So it's like, why? Why should I? You know, and I said, like, why do I care about this match? I mean, at least I know Cody and I get the legacy. But you know, why are we seeing Cody working out with Red Velvet? Why aren't they playing baseball or something together? Playing catch? I don't know. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, there should be, instead of doing what they were doing or if they were, you know, they're doing their thing, why aren't they trash talking Cody and Red Velvet while they're doing it? Something, anything, because to me, they're, why care? Now, I guess I should amend what I was trying to say. Will this be a good match? No, I don't think so either, because I think the whole point of this, and it's becoming more and more obvious this isn't a. This isn't here to give us a match, okay? It's like the same reason we've been talking Carl Malone, but hey, Jay Leno was in that match only for the simple reason that people knew who Jay Leno was. If you need to know wrestling, you have a TV guide, you knew who the hell Jay Leno was. So it's the same designation here. I just have this horrible feeling that Shaq is just a name, and that the whole point of this is to make Jade Cargill seem like something important. It doesn't, the match doesn't matter. Nothing in this match is going to make anything. It, the whole thing is it's designed to make Jade Cargo look like she is the next coming of something. And watch her pin Cody. <laughs> no, no, no. Watch Red Velvet pin Shaq. And this is like <laughs> the most bizarre world you have ever seen. Um, now we sent it out to the to you fans. I have to read this one because it makes me uh, so laugh so hard. Uh, I hope I get this right. Mister Destyle Demetrius says, "Shaq's wrestling career is going to be just like his acting career. It's going to absolutely suck." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, along with Bob Collins, who suck, uh, probably the most angriest emoji I've seen in a while. <laughs> uh, and you know what? So there are other comments, but none of them seem to be as- answering our question. <laughs> they seem to be digging out about other stuff. So it will uh, be good. The rest will be terrible. I, what, uh, yeah. See again, Cody wrote like with Cody in there. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't agree to that comment. Yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about the rest of like you know, well, he's not because he just says Jade will be good. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny as you're saying that. I'm looking at a picture of Red Velvet there. I'm like, oh, so that's what she looks like. I've seen at least her 20 times and I still don't remember. But there's like one more comment, then just basically said it, it will really tell who they have been training with to help them out. Yeah, that, right. that was well, they're, they're training at the Nightmare Factory, right? Yeah, Tom, Thomas, yeah, Thomas Kimmy said I read where QT Marshall was training them. And that's a funny part too, is like, so you're trying to present a wrestling match that's supposed to be real competitiveness. And yet we let it slip out there that 
Jade Cargill is being trained by QT Marshall, who's one of the members of the Nightmare family, who is all in tight with Cody Rhodes, who everyone seems to hate over on Cargill's side, but they're training with them and learning how to... Come on, guys. QT's a double agent. Oh, Jesus. What it's telling me is that kayfabe's word somebody made up and that, you know, not even pretending we're real anymore. I, I don't know. At the end of this... 67% of you said this is going to be a good match. Wow. A good match. Wow. <laughs> I don't want to sound mean or controversial, but 67% of you are fucking idiots. Uh, 33% said wow. terrible. Well, that was very un-Canadian wow. and non-diplomatic of you. I know, but come on, man. On? A good match? <laughs> I get in any world but bizarre world, that should be 100% a terrible match. I'm not saying Jade Cargill isn't going to become something. But I ain't what if it not does cool turn out to be a good match? Uh, then I think we're in the wrong business, guys, because we obviously know fucking nothing if that's going to turn out to be a good match. I'm we're talking saying, good match. What, what, what if? A good, yeah, I, I, wow. I wish... I, you're right. I'm just like Andy. I would love to come on here and say, wow, that was good. I am so surprised. See, I'm being all positive. Before we go, I want you guys to know that this show, WPOV uh, Global, is one of many shows on the WPOV network. Uh, our, this show you can catch usually on Friday mornings uh, featuring me, the lone wolf Andy Anderson, and the gentleman, Elio Canella. There is also WPOV Wrestling, the show that started all. You can find that Sunday mornings. Was it Saturday morning? No, they Saturday. It usually comes out Sunday morning, though, right? Or Saturday night? Yeah. So, because you guys record it, it doesn't come. It's not live, so it comes out uh, either Saturday night or Sunday morning, and uh, it features Tony Diaz. Wow, sorry, Tony, just forgot you for a second. All you guys, Rick Serrano the third, and you know what? I haven't heard the other puppet in a while, um, Miguel Cole, but they've replaced him with the fifty-dollar man, Clay Cummings. We also have WPOV Quarantine, which is uh, the funner show that I... No, I shouldn't say that. It's a different kind of show, and it's a show that uh, I really enjoy. It features me, Andy, and Elio, and it's a roundtable sometimes or sometimes just one guest. It's a Zoom-based show where we bring on a guy and we talk about a topic, and sometimes we get to talk about silly things. Sometimes we talk about exact things, and then there's times like the last episode we did where it's just a great look at, at, at a major part of history and it you know one of the things we've always wanted to do me and andy is encapsulate wrestling history so it doesn't disappear you know and we get that chance you know every every week so try that one out you'll find it tuesday mornings and like i said for everything from hardcore wrestling to women's wrestling to black wrestlers to uh a history we, of wrestling yeah to... it just goes on man eh yeah and we've and we've had some great guests i mean We've had on Savo uh, Vega. We've had Glamour Boy Shane, uh, Dan Crawford, Bushwhacker Luke, uh, Bushwhacker Luke, and recently coming up, uh, the Tennessee Stud Ron Fuller. So, guys, you got to check that one out. It's Tuesdays, and I heard, uh, you know, I know usually get a chance to get on the show. It's always open to me. Is uh, WPOV Aftermath? which is a, a show that usually is designed after a pay-per-view and uh, the, you know, whatever iteration of, uh, of the various hosts of the different shows will come on and talk about the pay-per-view they just watched. Uh, it's extremely tough for me to do that show. Someday I will make it on again. Uh, but uh, it's a tough one with my family to get out a, a third night <laughs> to do 
audio. So uh, check those out. That show will appear after every one of the other things. And great timing. That show, their, that last episode of Aftermath came up just a couple hours after yeah. the pay-per-view ended. They had a right fresh hot, faster than any of the other sites out there. So check it out. Some good stuff. So uh, before we go to break, Andy, I know I always uh, flog you on this one. Um, I challenged you last week. You did the, the Brandy Macho Man Savage. Yeah. Uh, this week, I'm yeah. wondering if you can channel the spirit of Hulk Hogan and sell us some t-shirts. Let me tell you something, brothers. If you want to wear the latest, the greatest, the iconic, the shirts that'll live on forever in infamy, brother, you need to get yourself down to prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling POV, dude. And you better pick yourself up not one, not two, not three, but four. And I'm not talking about that that nasty, smelly Ric Flair, brothers. I'm talking about four wrestling POV shirts, dude. You get one of those, you cut the sleeves off, you put a little chop in the back so that when you're sitting down with your brothers, with your sisters, with your aunts, with your uncles, with your best friends, with the enemies, it doesn't matter, brother. Because... When you're wrestling POV, you're wrestling POV for life. Well, there's only one more thing I got to say to you. After you pay the $19.99 US dollars, brother, what you going to do when ProWrestlingTees.com backslash wrestling POV t-shirts run wild on you? Well, we all uh, recapture our breath in the awe of the, uh, the awesome Lone Wolf Andy Anderson. I'm scared We're going to take a break now, but when we get back, <laughs> when we get back, we are going to dive deep into AEW. This is the Canadian crusher, AJ Sanchez, and uh, you are listening to WPOV Wrestling. All right, fans, let's take a look at this week's AEW Dynamite. I know my And uh, first off, Gonna say a mixed bag of nuts. You know, we've had some terrible shows. We've had some good shows. This one, kind of all over the place. And I'm I'm still unsure if I want to say what kind of what kind of report card I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go through it and and as we're talking about it, suss in my mind how I really felt about the show. And then at the end, uh, we'll we'll give our report. All right. So let's start off. We start with uh, Adam Page uh, and. Big money, Matt Hardy. <laughs> Big money, okay. Um, <laughs> he gets in there. Uh, they face the hybrid two. Now, I'm going to let Andy start on this one. Andy, what did you think of this match? Uh, Adam Page and Big Money, Matt Hardy versus the hybrid two. <sighs> um, you know what? Actually, I didn't mind it. Okay. I, it was It was an okay match for me. Uh, I did make a point there, and I, and I know the commentators tried to cover it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Near the end there, was it Jack Evans went to do some sort of... Oh, he did a shit move and slipped, yeah. Is that what it was? Did he slip? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, he like barely, barely made contact and they tried to cover it. Yeah. Um, we, we, knew, we knew who was going to win. Um, yeah, no drama know. here, that's for sure. No, no drama. Uh, it, was, it was a fun little opener. Okay. Um, 
you know, I'll save the post-match stuff for, for after you guys, but uh, I, I was okay with it. All right. Elio, good match, bad yeah, match. Me, uh, it was an, it's not a bad match. Um, like the, like uh, the ending, uh, the clear, at least the continuity from last week uh, where Paige uh, took out uh, that paper and signed. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get uh, into that. Yeah, for me, it was just an okay match. Yeah. Um, there's a few things I want to just point out about this match. I mean, we obviously can't talk too much about Matt Hardy and Adam Page. They're, not, they're probably never going to team again. Um, they had some interesting moves. I mean, it's I always forget how big Matt Hardy is when you see how small everyone else is in AEW. He's a fair-sized dude. Um, I want to say this about uh, the hybrid two. It's really been uh, in my head. There are times I like them and times I hate them. And I realize what I like and hate about them. Okay. First off, if you were to take uh, Chris Saban and put him on a rack and stretch him like six inches, you'd have an helico. Okay. <laughs> That's, except he'd be the same weight, which is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> He's so thin, right? I got to say, though, I like his style of wrestling. I like his weird mannerisms. I like a lot of stuff about Angelico. I wish he had a little more weight on him, which would probably help him a lot because he is pretty thin, but he's tall. Okay. Um, my problem is Jack Evans. Okay. And this is the problem I have is 10 years ago, Jack Evans was this like um, trend breaking do 30 freaking moves off the top rope, did all this spectacular stuff. And that's what he was known as, right? Uh, today, he really is, seems to be struggling. He's still doing these moves, but man, they're not looking as impressive as they used to. And it makes me think is you're in this company with guys who do a lot of high flying moves and you're trying to do moves that come across as half-assed and kind of shitty. If you can do the regular moves, why don't you take it down a bit? and just do the moves to help your partner to make you guys look like a better team. Because so many times in these matches, Jake, Jack Evans goes for some outrageous move that just looks like crap. And it takes out of all the things that they've been working together. And the thing is, you know, he could do a bit simpler moves and he could probably make them look spectacular. And he would still stand out by having Angelico set up the moves and do the finishes. So that's my problem with him is it just seems like he wants to go out there and backflip. I'm a gymnast. Look at me, you know, and I think that brings his team down a tiny bit. Plus he doesn't seem to really give a lot of uh, exude the attitude and characteristics like old Angelico does, who just makes me laugh. He's got that weird ass dance. He's got all this. Stuff he entertains you. Yeah. He's entertaining and he shouldn't be. I mean, I should be shitting over him about how skinny and lanky he is, but he, he makes it work. Jack has all this talent and he's making it seem like he's a bit of a detriment for their team right now, you know? So that's what I want to say here. The opening match, it was okay, but you knew it was a setup. We knew this entirely going into this match. We knew TH2, they never win, okay? They're brought up to be the jobbers for whoever tag team is, is putting a story through this week. And then we knew, and, 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 and tell me if I'm wrong, Andy, the moment that Matt Hardy and Adam Page came in, you knew the contract stuff was going to come up at the end. That's oh, what we were waiting for. Yeah. We were waiting for the reveal. What did Adam Page really sign? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll let you tackle it, Andy, since you started the whole thing. Uh, right. So, I mean, you know, Matt, they, they, they started cutting their promo and uh, excited we signed the papers and Matt saying, yeah, you know, you're going to make a lot of money. And... Uh, 
30%, but da 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 and Hangman comes back, yeah, you know, I'm going to make a lot of money, but, uh, you know, it's not exactly as you thought. And, of course, because Matt, being a, the smart businessman he was, rather than double-checking the papers or reading over them, he sent them straight to his lawyers or whoever to, to finalize things. And we find out that the contract was actually for a one-on-one -on -one match at Revolution, where if uh, Hangman Page wins, he gets, what was it, 30% of the first quarter's earnings? Oh, he gets 100%. of the. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, this turned into, well, it's a big money match. So it's, you know, matching profits for profits, I guess. Makes no sense whatsoever. Who would agree to this after the guy tried to graft you? But hey. Uh, professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what? Uh, it's so funny because we talked about this last week and I was watching it and I wasn't paying much attention. And it was Elio who quickly pointed out, hey, did you notice that he switched papers? And I was like, oh, did he? And I had to kind of go back and watch that. It's like, yeah, okay. So it made the sense. It made the story make a little more sense. Yes. Because because the ridiculousness of Matt Hardy leaning over three feet away from him to say, "I'm ripping him off. You're recording it," seemed like a really stupid idea, right? A hundred percent. And this is where sometimes. I, AEW put a little logic into it it's funny to get one over on somebody but you really you you set up matt hardy to be the ultimate uh carney so we're going to believe that the ultimate carney is going to blindly send off uh a contract to the legal department without glancing at it without reading it not noticing it's a totally different thing that he handed the guy kind of dumb kind of dumb uh and why on earth i mean i'm sorry no matter if you're a good guy or you're a bad guy if there's somebody who comes along and is trying to rip you off this bad and you can get a little bit of uppity on them, yeah. then you're going to give the chance that maybe you'll lose 100% of your profits over the thing. Yeah, yeah just kind of dumb. Uh, speaking of kind of dumb, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Alex Marvez. No. <laughs> and uh, it seems everything he's involved in is pretty shitty. But Are we, are we going to touch on, though, about, I mean, how we had... Uh... What was it? We had one of the, was it the private party guy or whoever that was in the uh, Jack's uniform and the oh, dark yeah, order came get, out and I, yeah, I guess. Sure. Go ahead. I, oh no. I just, just to, you know, kind of round out the coverage there is, you know, it's uh, the dark order, uh, the official, you know, hangman page fan club mm -hmm. comes out to uh, kind of make to the save there. And so, Oh, I know why you want to bring this up and you're right. Yes, I should. Yes. Here's, I don't know if this is going to be a debate and I think, you know what? Uh, next week, uh, I had an, uh, me and Andy had a slightly disagreement of points on a quarantine episode. Afterwards, sorry, it, it wasn't recorded. Uh, we were talking about something, and we were going to revisit that next week as our hot topic. But I think hot topic B is going to be this, because I, the more I think about it, I think I have some very different views on uh, this whole thing too. Uh, so next week, uh, negative one. Does this kids still need to be showcased or should he be showcased or even show up on AEW uh, television? I'm not going to say what sides we are. I know me and Andy have a bit of a disagreement about this one. Next week, we're going to visit that. It was pretty painfully weird. I'm not even going to say what side I'm on, but it was weird seeing an 11-year-old with a shirt off and a mask on directing a bunch of wrestlers into the ring. I'm not sure how comfortable I felt with that in any sense of the word, but we're going to revisit that next week. Okay, that'll be our second hot topic. So we'll, we'll have two next week. This will be about negative one and his 
where he should be or should he be where he is now. Okay, we'll go over that next week. So yes, we had negative one setting out the dark circle. Dark circle? In a dark order. There's so many weird things, so many shapes. Uh, <laughs> shapes, colors, and hues. That's <laughs> so uh, then we, you know, once again, though, I guess the reason why I for, I, you know, I forgot I was gonna be the negative one thing. The reason why I didn't bring it up so much is once again we get the kissy kissy play stuff of Adam Page kind of thanking the guys, but not really embracing them. You know, yeah. he's like that tease girl who's like, hey, and then gives you a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> every time no matter what you do you bailed her out of prison you stopped her from being stabbed by a hooker in the street she still just gives you a kiss on the cheek and says thank she you says, you're the best friend yeah he friend zoned and that's he, it yeah he friend zoned every one of them come yeah. on anna jay you want a friend zone <laughs> anyways <laughs> oh my lord i would join if they threw a tea anyways um of course you would <laughs> of course now the reason why i said speaking of dumb okay we have had so many times where Chris Jericho has made it clear that he watches the show. And yet now all of a sudden he has, I guess he forgot to watch it for forever now. He comes out, they do an interview with him and all of the things. And I just wanted to say the fact of how angry he was and how Sammy Guevara was dead to him after this. Yet if he had just watched last week's show, like he said, he's always watched them. It was pretty darn clear that he didn't do anything wrong. So that's where logic, once again, I don't know. I know it's wrestling and you say it shouldn't, but when it's such glaringly bad, I mean, come on, man. We're not, we're not eight-year-olds. I mean, uh, uh, did, what did you guys get out of this? Uh, Elio, what did you get out of this uh, little... Yeah, I can't believe they're still... Uh, Chris Jericho still still not seeing anything. Even though he said, I don't know, MJ, you have to be quiet because you're probably to blame, but Sammy... When you walk on circle, you walk on a physical something. Um, so that, that's actually, I'd say that's uh, proof that he didn't watch a show last week. So, and you said last week to keep the book open. Yep. It's going in the book. Chris Jericho, you're lying bastard. You tell us you watch these shows and you clearly have stopped. If you can't even support your own company, you're going to make the book. Uh, you do so the honors. What are we going to call this? Uh, Chris Jericho duplicitous bullshit. <laughs> Chris Jericho is duplicitous bullshit. Yeah, you've seen it. Before you do that, though, okay, but oh. they, but they, so they acknowledge that the camera was there. Mm-hmm. And they, and, and he said, like, why, you know, and, and MJF said, you know, why would you think that I was recording you and the camera was there? So they had that acknowledgement. And didn't Jericho say something even about like things just kind of like being tests? I don't know, though. It still doesn't come off as normal. I mean, he's... If this test showed anything, it showed that Sammy Guevara had Chris Jericho's back, and he was confronting MJF to say, hey, I know what you're trying to do. Yeah. Stop it. And that should have come across clear. Whoever had watched that, Chris Jericho should see that and say, okay, he is got my back, and maybe the other guy doesn't, right? Maybe MJF doesn't. And are we just going to address one thing? Isn't the number one rule of wrestlers is to get in the freaking tanning booth and get some color in you? Because, man, MJF is almost translucent. I can see his fucking <laughs> veins, blood flowing through me so white. He misses appointment. He misses appointment or he didn't get his spray tan. This week. <laughs> Terrible. He just, yeah. I, could, I don't could know. anyone not look more like a, not look like a wrestler? He looked like the referee or their manager. <laughs> 
Okay, sorry. Go on, Andy. Oh no, no. I'm just, I, I'm just trying to think back because maybe I should have taken more notes. But mm-hmm. uh, just for me, uh, the way that I watched it, the way I understood it, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. To me, it was. I didn't see it as Jericho not watching and not accepting. It was more to do with, with the testing and the underlying. Um, oh shoot, I can't think of the word that I want now. Um, like kind of like the 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 support, the connection, and the fact that it's kind of like you know like whether you're trying to look after, whether you're trying to watch my back or not. Mm-hmm. If you turn your back, that's it. You're done. Okay. But what about these things where we had like over the past couple of Pete's like Chris Jericho almost crying, trying to get him back. And then the most obvious one is if, okay, so he watched the show and he yeah. saw it. So we didn't see the week before where MJF took all the inner circle into the thing and said, Hey guys, let's have a talk. I don't know. It just, it, there's just some logic gaps in here. It's like too much inconsistency. They, yeah. It's like, nobody's writing down what they're actually doing. They've right. got an idea for things. And hey, I got Andy this week. Let's do this. And you go, well, didn't last. Oh, fuck it. No one's going to remember that. Let's just go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bothers me. And so that's why I call it duplicitous because it just seems like it's treating the viewers like you tell us you pay attention, you tell us you don't. You tell us this. You're just telling us week to week whatever yeah, yeah. fits your narrative at the moment and it comes across as bullshit. Okay. Okay. And we can come back on this. We can, we yeah, can pull it I, out if we think it's wrong, but yeah, I just, to me, I, like I said, the fact that I didn't write a lot of notes on it, but mm-hmm. I wrote about acknowledging the camera and, and, you know, and then kind of just the Jericho Sammy thing. Like to me in my head, I don't, and I don't have, like I said, I don't have enough that I remember to back it up, but mm-hmm. to me, it, it felt like the acknowledgement and there, there was more to it than. Okay. But I guess too, I'll, I'm going to counter this. You made a good okay. point. You said, Okay, it's one thing for you to be against us, but if you leave us, you know, that shows you're an enemy, right? Yeah. But let, let's take the point, point, like, let's suppose, like, in our fantasy world, me and you have been a tag team, and we've been in a faction for, for a while. We're yeah. Brothers to the end. And then yeah. I walk out. No matter how confused, and I mean, I didn't punch you, I didn't attack you, I yeah. walked out. Yeah. Your first reaction as a human being would be like, okay, I'm staying away from him. Sure, he walked out and that fucking hurts. Yeah. But he didn't attack me. So why would I go after him? Why would I make him an enemy if he just wants out of this? Fine. He doesn't get to be back in, but there isn't going to be that anger. There isn't going to be that, like, because there was this underlying anger of, like, okay, we're going to take him out now. That That makes him the shittiest friend in the world, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but that's Hulk Hogan level. (laughs) (laughs) Who's a better friend, Hulk Hogan or Chris Jericho? (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I have no clue on this one. For you guys, yeah, say uh, anyone's better than Hogan, but Chris Jericho, you're proving to be a shit friend right now. <laughs> but, and that could be it, though, is, is that he is. And I mean, it's one of those things where if you're not with us, you're against us. And I don't care if you were my best friend. The moment you turn your back, you're a dead man to me. And if I see you on the street, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. <laughs> okay. I guess I just want more realism because I really yeah. think that if you if, if a team breaks up, you need to have a few things to build into action. Sure. Yeah. Yep, yep, no, that's fair. Shouldn't be just like, we're not partners? I'm killing you, motherfucker. Then, no, we rode together for hours. What the hell? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, Sorry. Right. <laughs> I, and I, and I, I agree with that too. I'm just, <clears throat> I'm, maybe I'm being a little the devil's advocate here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Somewhere Tony Diaz's nipples are tingling. Anyways. <laughs> I think they're always tingling. <laughs> Put the ice cubes down, Tony. All right. <laughs> just because it's warm in New Mexico. <laughs> oh god so much warmer than we were 
you, you held up over these minus 50s, right? Yeah. And because yep. I mean, I almost didn't, man. This was a week of this shit was a little much. A little rough. much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's go now. Uh, we get an update. We get a look at uh, the women's tournament. Um, did you guys see any like any of those people? I tried, I tried to I tried to watch it earlier tonight on YouTube. I couldn't. No, was it tough? I couldn't do it. I was just, uh, it basically it was uh, held in like the the torture they have over there. So there was mm-hmm. there wasn't really any uh, people in attendance. Okay. Well, what got me is they showed the matches and things, and it just seemed really weird that of all the people that match up. The next round is like the two biggest Japanese women you ever see are against, you know, like Ajakon and I don't know who the other girl is, but holy crap, those are some big Japanese women that are going to be kicking the crap out of each other. Um, one thing I'm going to throw this out there because I've always noticed this is it seems like there's always been this ongoing dislike that JR has for Excalibur quite a bit. If you watch them on commentary a lot, he tends to like mock a lot of the stuff Excalibur says, his references, he'll just scoff at certain things. So I really thought it was kind of classy that he actually threw out to Excalibur. And a lot of people have said this, people who said even if it was hard watching those matches, and I haven't seen them yet, but the word is that Excalibur did one hell of a great job singly calling those matches, mm-hmm. that he made these matches a lot more interesting than some people may have found them. So I'm going to have to go check that out. But it was kind of nice to see JR just out of nowhere say, hey, you did an awesome job on that. And and it, for a second, Excalibur seemed like it was surprised him and was actually kind of touched that JR gave him that, uh, give a bit of a nudge. Because let's face it, people have been shitting on Excalibur for a long time. Some of it he's brought on himself. Some of it's from some past stuff that some was finding hard to get over. And sometimes he just comes across as this fucking idiot talking about some ridiculous things that, you know, you're like, what? Who gives a shit about that? <laughs> so um, now this is going to be an interesting one. I, I kind of think me and Andy might have a bit of a headbutting on, on this one. And I was surprised because I, I, to be honest, I did not think I'd have this attitude after this match. Okay. Going in, going in, I thought I was going to hundred percent go, all right, Serena Deeb's going to kill uh, Riho like the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, instead, I really thought Riho looked actually damn good in here. She was very innovative. Yep. She came across uh, very fiercely competitive. Competitive. Now, I know it was uh, some people went, oh, my God, she, she pinned the NWA champion. Uh, but they did mention that Serena Deeb had uh, a sore knee. And it paid into a bit of near the end of the match. And let's yep. face it, I don't care if you're 98 pounds. You come off two feet off the top rope to someone's stomach, 100 pounds coming down on your stomach is going to fucking take you out. Oof. And I I, uh, I really thought that uh, her pin combination looked like that looked like something you have a hell of a time, no matter how big you are, getting out of it. So I'm going to say I really like this match. Uh, Serena Deeb, uh, you know, like Rick and those guys uh, always put down, they don't find her the way she dresses attractive. She looks like a little old lady. I thought she actually, her gear looked pretty good this week. Uh, I thought she came across strong, um, but uh, I really thought, and surprised me as hell, I really thought Riho deserved the win, and I'm really looking forward to her in the next round. Andy, what do you got to say on this one? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure why you thought I necessarily disagree with you, but I, I do. I agree. Oh, I, okay. thought it was, I thought it was a solid match, uh, good back and forth match, very competitive match. Uh, one of the better 
AEW, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I say this kind of like almost every time here, I think, except it was like either last week or the week before that whatever match was on wasn't very good, but uh, we're definitely getting uh, much better quality of mm-hmm. the women's matches. And I'm glad to see that. Uh, not surprising that Serena Deeb was, you know, part of another solid match. Mm-hmm. Um, Riho, again, yep, looked good. Uh, like you said, some innovative offense. The uh, Towards the end there, kind of the, the reversals and the pin combinations, I enjoyed that. Um, I was a little surprised the NWA champion got pinned, but, mm-hmm. you know, you pointed out, the, the knee injury played into effect and, and Hey, it's, it's not like Rio's, you know, an up and comer or, and I'm going to use this as a bit of a shot. It's not like she's red velvet, you know, she, <laughs> yes. she's, she's the former AEW women's champion. Okay. So, okay. you know, the, to me, the, the cred is there, the credibility is yep. there. And uh, you know, really with, with Serena being the NWA women's champion, maybe should she in theory have the victory because she is the champion? Sure. Did she need the victory? Not really. I don't think it hurt her either. No. And and, and it didn't, I don't believe it did. And so that's why I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, Rio can advance, Rio can advance in the tournament and Serena can go back to defending the AWA women's championship and having solid matches. Fair enough. Fair enough. Elio. Yeah. For me, um, I thought Serena was going to win, but it was, uh, it was good to see Rio, uh, get the win in this match and I'm gonna actually already uh know I looked in my I looked in this match mirror and I already saw the finals Rio and Hikarushita. <laughs> I thought Sheeta's not even in this tournament. No but the the winner of this tournament faces Sheeta at Revolution. So you're gonna tell us that uh, Rio wins a tournament and you ruined it for all our fans watching. God damn it why do we let this guy <laughs> back on the show? Seriously dude seriously I said that's just me that's oh, just what that's I of, oh, okay, okay. We're going to start calling you the spoiler, Elio yeah. Canella. The spoiled underwear. No, anyways, uh, <laughs> to make it mean. Um, you know, in my head, I was thinking that too. Wouldn't it be interesting to see Sheeta and Rio? Um, but you know what? Uh, first of all, okay, I want to get two things out of the way on this match. Uh, two little things that I saw uh, that made me just noteworthy. Um, I had a bit of a problem at first when... Uh, Serena's got to weigh at least 30 pounds more, maybe 40, than, uh, than Riho. Uh, Riho throws her into the corner and starts throwing these haymakers. Like she's like beating the living snot out of her. And I'm thinking, with a 40-pound difference, eh, that's a little bit much. But then Serena turned it around and started hammering her back. Then to me, it made it feel like a more realistic spot, right? Uh, Riho, as talented as she is, and this is the biggest gripe people had. When she fought Nyla Rose, she fought Nyla Rose like Nyla Rose weighed 102 pounds. Yeah. You know, and it was very unrealistic. This came off as good. Now, sometimes, and I hate to point these things out, and I know sometimes these happen, and I wish sometimes that people just reacted better and changed the course of something, but there was a moment in this match, and see if you can tell, think what I'm talking about, Andy. There was a moment in this match where something happened that took me out of the entire match for a second, where it actually made me go, what? What? And I actually rewound and looked at it again, and I'm like, oh. And I looked at it again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, that was unfortunate. And then I got back into the match, but when you do something that takes you out of the match, and good examples are, say, you slam a guy viciously, and you go to the top rope and then you see him shiver over 
so you could yeah, get yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah stuff like that takes it out okay. right there was a move in the match where Riho was in the corner um Serena was coming out of the corner Riho or sorry Serena charges at Riho and then she realizes that she's not at the right angle of the rope so she stops dead in her tracks pivots her body Riho walks into her and pulls her down into the ropes and it was so awkward and unchoreographed like definitely looked like she had to change her choreography those are the moments where I think I wish that Serena had just like ducked under then went back into the ropes and then they could have done the spot you know recovered oh I was in the wrong position I didn't but it was such a jarring change of momentum that it looked so phony and fake that it really took me out of the match I went huh I hate that when that happens when I have to rewind to go did I just see something bizarre because I don't want to do that I want you know even if your move comes off shitty <laughs> don't yeah. do something that makes me feel like oh yeah this is all just phony and I don't know you can maybe go back and look at that part of the match uh the end part, it, it, the next move after that, Serena tries to, uh, Riho tries to do like uh, Rey Mysterio's move and Serena ca catches her, picks her up and throws her down. But before that, the whole getting into the ropes thing, because that was the setup for the 619. Right. If she was coming off diagonally, realized there's no way in hell she could fall into the ropes. So she pivoted her entire, stop, pivoted her body, let Riho grab her and throw her down. It, it just looked terrible. So, uh I, and I, like I said, I don't like pointing those things out, but they're the things that make me go, oh, well, did I just, what did I see? You know? So uh, I am kind of interested next week, Thunder Rosa versus Rio. That's going to be yeah. a very interesting match because now you have someone right around the same weight as Rio, but a whole different style of wrestling and a lot hard hitting. So I'm not sure what the, how that one's going to go. That's going to be a very interesting match. Um, Although all of a sudden now, as we're talking about that, the, the dream booker in me is like, ah, Britt Baker's going to cost her that. <laughs> uh, and who does, who, I'm sorry, as much as I love Ty Conte, Ty Conte and Nyla Rose, ugh, that cannot be a good match in any sense of the word. You know, both of those wrestlers need a better wrestler to help guide them through a little bit. Yeah, Ain't yeah. going to happen in that match. Um, you got a prediction right now, as of today, after seeing at least the American side and some of the matchups? Is do you see Riho going to the end? I I know Elio seeing Riho to the end. Uh, it it's quite possible, and I mean Elio says it with such conviction. I'm I'm almost kind of a, uh, you know, leaning towards it. And then you know you talk about the booking and you talk about Thunder Rosa. And it's like okay, well, you know, yeah, there's a good chance that that you know that will. Yeah, kind of you know take her out, so that means Riho there, and then regardless of of uh, the Japanese Taikante side, and, yeah, regardless of the Japanese side and and Nyla Rose and Taikante, it's like yeah, Riho might quietly be the odds-on favorite here. And that's the thing, you know, uh, Riho has shown she could take out Nyla Rose. Yeah, if they both make it to the semis, that's definitely yeah. a Riho thing. Uh, but I wonder about Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose because I'm sorry, as much as uh, I'm a big Conti fan, I don't see her getting over Nyla Rose right now. No, no. You know, I don't see that happening. Uh, as for the Japanese side, once again, uh, three of those women, I have no clue who they are. So I can't even yeah. guess. And I haven't watched the tournament yet. So, you know, uh, be interesting. Be interesting. Um, so let's move on. Um, do, 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 do. Uh. We have... Oh, here's the part. Sorry, Andy. Here's Andy's favorite part of the entire show. 
a package of Jade Cargill and Shaq training, which is really funny because the extent of Shaq's training we've seen is him holding a stopwatch and making these faces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, like I said earlier, it made to me, it made at least Jade Cargill look like an athlete. And to be honest, I didn't even know she was an athlete going in. So bonus. I just thought she was just some big chick that was pushing everyone around. Maybe she was a model. I don't know. But uh, okay. She can, uh, she can play basketball and she's big. So, and she looked like an athlete. We've seen that the last two weeks that she has some of athletic acumen to him, but Andy, you are, you looking like livid at the idea of Jay Cargill as a wrestler. So please Not tell me what livid. you got. Out of this. I, you know, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. Uh, this did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. If anything, it just turned me off more. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, and I guess at the end of the day, you know, I, I blame AEW. I blame Tony Khan for this. Uh, this does, I don't see how this entices or prepares anyone for a match with, you know, involving Jade Cargill, mm-hmm. someone we've never seen in the ring before for, with Shaq. And it, you know, it's like, I honestly was expecting when they said, okay, we're going to show you what they, they're, they're training. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know they, they can't show the Nightmare Factory per se, just because we said of the logistics yeah. of it of the Nightmare Family training, you know, like the yeah. enemy kind of thing. But I mean, you still you you switch your camera angle, you take down your Nightmare Factory banners, uh, you show Jade, you know, throwing some moves down. I would have rather seen that a hundred times over then you know you're like oh she can play basketball no she can shoot hoops doesn't mean she can play basketball it nothing you know what you can take a video and show me shooting some hoops i can't play basketball to save my life so i'm sorry that doesn't fly with me and you know you're supposed to go into training for this big match you're not even like don't pass it off as oh they're doing cross training they're no Practice your wrestling. Practice your wrestling holds. Practice your wrestling moves. If they if they showed me them practicing them cheating, I would have rather seen eye gouges and some rakes. I would have found that entertaining. It would make sense because we're going into this match. Uh, we're not taking any prisoners. Anything goes. We're going to win by hook or by crook. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I messaged to the group. I, I, you know, I see this. I'm like, Oh, so I guess the tag team match is a game of 21. That's what she's training for. <laughs> you know, and Shaq's not doing anything. He's sitting on his ass. That, that's awesome that you just said that because I saw that and I didn't understand what you meant until you said it now. I'm like, oh, duh, he means basketball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, no, to me, this, this – and it goes back to what I said earlier. We're not mm-hmm. seeing anything. We're not seeing uh, uh, the hatred, the heat – the uh you know like anything like that Shaq called cody a girly man because of his hair oh what was that a month ago <laughs> yeah. sorry nothing you know what i mean and like yeah. you know we're not seeing and it's like oh okay well later on in the program we'll see how red velvet and coat no we're gonna do a gender reveal for cody yeah oh, awesome was... so his his mind is on the match wow. yeah so Yikes. you know like i i don't understand the logic of, of how you're trying to build up this big match other than saying oh Shaq's gonna be in a match that's pretty much it isn't it yeah and and it's like this re- this scarily reminds me of the launch of new coke 
Remember when uh, they got rid of the old Coke and they launched new Coke and no one knew anything about it, but they hyped the shit out of it. There was no samples. There was nothing until it hit the market. And how well did that go over? Yeah, exactly. So they're relying a lot that Jade Cargill is going to win us over in that match. They're trying to hype the shit out of us to watch it. And and it's going to be do or die, man. Because if she comes off flat in this match, no one's going to give her any credibility because they haven't built her to be anything else. Nope. Just be a joke. She'll be the Jay Leno of the of that kind of match. Yeah, but at least with Jay Leno, you're you weren't expecting anything because Jay Leno's not a wrestler. He's got nothing though. <laughs> yeah, but but that but that's no. why because you're not setting yourself up right. for disappointment. Here I you're just meant back. Up. I just meant if you look back in history, she's going to fall into the. Yeah. Okay. Fair happened. enough. Sorry. Yeah, because nobody seems to want to remember Jay Leno at all. We'll all talk about Carlo Malone, but none of us ever want to really bring up Jay Leno in that match. But hey, he was able to pull off, uh, I think, what is it, uh, an elbow arm and a wrist lock. So <laughs> that's, at least, that's at least two, you know, three, okay, three. That's at least three more than Jade. So pressure's on. Oh, man, if she does a Snoop level freaking splash, it'll be. Anyways, um... <laughs> you just, I cannot believe how much you shake your head right now. <laughs> I, I, am, I am near Elio Canella and James Mitchell proportions here. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. And as a wrestler, as a wrestler who's been trained and been around the world, this has got to piss you off. Well, no, you know what? No, no. I mean, I mean it, 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 it's frustrating, but maybe not in the sense, you know, that maybe that you're thinking. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, because I understand bringing eyes. Like, yeah. you know, hey, Bad Bunny in WWE, that's good business. Yeah. You know, I have no issue there. Dude's going to be on Saturday Night Live. You know, by the time, that, well, that's already going to happen, but he's going to be on Saturday Night Live. He's you know, the WWE 24-7 champion, I can see where that's bringing in, you know, some some eyes and some viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and WWE will do it right. AEW, I don't have a lot of faith in it. And for all, you know, it, it's it's Cody and three unknowns. <laughs> and, and, and when I say unknowns, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that's not a yeah. knock on Shaq. No, no, I just no, mean no. in the ring, three yeah. unknowns. Unknown, quant- yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And you know, I want to throw this out there. Um, I know a lot of, I know you guys probably don't believe this cause I keep writing in the thing, but I like bad bunny's music. Okay. And I don't know. I don't ever see you laugh, but if, if, if you knew my music choices, I also listen to Russian rave music. I listen to South African rap music. I listen to heavy metal music from Germany. Uh, foreign language doesn't kill it. I love all kinds of crazy music and I like bad bunny's music. It's, it's car. It's good, cool rap music in Spanish. I, I like it. So, um, let's, okay, boy, there's a, something funny I got to talk about at the end of this. Um, next we have Taz. Oh, shut the fuck up, Taz. I'm wearing Oh, wait, what about we, what about the Luther Orange Cassidy? Did I skip that whole match? You uh, did. Uh, uh, I guess I did. Okay. That's how great of a match it was. <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So we have Orange Cassidy. Okay, who's already of a struggle sometimes to watch? Yeah. Against Luther. Oh my God, he's horrible to watch. And is that his pet midget Serpentico? Because that is the smallest man in a mask I've ever seen. He's is he a Lucha Mini? Uh I don't know. Wow. Well, he's small, dude. I mean, yeah. he, Layla Hirsch is like <laughs> okay. This I just gotta say, guys, crap crap match oh there's um, nothing positive i just just to acknowledge that we're not mm-hmm. skipping over matches but this yeah it was there it was a really bad mm-hmm. match uh everybody looked bad in it serpentico it, 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 tried to do a running dive that just was like 
very sad. Yeah, and Chuck, Chuck Taylor, like, took to threw Spindle out of the ring and, like, ran for the referee, too. Yeah, I yeah. just, there was so much bad going on in this match. It made you wonder what was the point of it. And Serpentico and uh, Luther, they're the same as a hybrid, too. They just call them up to job them out to somebody big. And I don't get it. I think there are, there are so many mat, tag team mat, like tag teams that why aren't we just seeing uh, a more competitive, better match or single guys instead of this kind of garbage? You know, yeah. Luther does not belong on the at all. Either of those two idiots do not belong on the main roster. OK, they're jobbers. Uh, they're, they're the guys who should be losing on dark. OK, um, anyhow, terrible match. Uh, Taz comes out. Brings Brian Cage and that massive hook. Uh, anyways, um, calls out. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just logic, okay? Sting comes out, calls out Sting. Sting comes out with a baseball bat. There's three guys in front of him, and he gets goaded enough to throw his baseball bat down. <sighs> Okay, I guess he forgot everything about what happened in the old NWO, why he had the baseball bat. He's gotten older. Maybe he yes. forgot. Yeah. So um, we talked about this. Sometimes things happen in wrestling that you don't agree with. Sometimes things can be dumb. Sometimes they can be shocking. Sometimes they can be weak or mishappen. But if they generate a response from the audience or from you, then they've accomplished something. But sometimes they do stuff where you just scratch your head and go, what was the point of that? And that's what happened here. Finally, Sting does something, gets a few hits in. Then Brian Cage, what's the movie called? What do they call that? Uh, power slammed him? Is that what he did? Is that the... He power bombed him, didn't he? Yeah, power, power, bomb, power, power bombed him. him. So he power bombs him. And Sting lays there like a 59-year-old man who just got power bombed. Just laid there like he was dead, like he got shot by a gun. Uh, nobody came out to help on the beatdown. No Darby Allen to come out. Well, no... Of course not, because he was in a body bag somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> nobody, uh, there wasn't even a sting, show some life and put some fear back in him to show him that he has fighting spirit or anything. Instead, we saw an old man slam down and left to be mocked. And it did nothing for this match. It didn't make me think. It, it, this kind of segment is the kind of segment that when something like this happens, it should make you think, oh, man, I can hardly wait till Sting gets in them in the ring and gets a fair chance. Instead, I'm more like, oh, God, Sting, don't go in the ring, man. Yeah. Uh, Andy made the comment that they slammed him so hard it knocked the hair dye out of him. <laughs> wow. You know, uh, the funniest part, too, is... Uh, as we were talking here early in the show, the other guys from the other uh, POV show in our crew page had a picture of uh, Sting, a little uh, meme of Sting laying there after that slam. And it says, you know, Sting laying there remembering he was born in 1959. <laughs> it was like, it's just like, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. Don't get this. Why would you do this? Because it did not add or make anybody want to see this match anymore. You laid out the first guy. You dragged him around, left him for dead. Now you left the second guy for dead, and he didn't even have enough to twitch or to reach for his bat or do anything to show that they're not going to kill them both next time they see him. So I think this was 
badly done. The segment was not well thought through. Andy? Uh, I sort of agree, sort of disagree. Okay. Um, you know, on, on the one hand, you know, what's, what's kind of the, the main thing that we've complained about with Team Taz is that, uh, you know, week after week, promo after promo, uh, you know, they're running off scared, they're running off scared. So now they're finally doing stuff and we're still kind of crapping on them. So it's last week, my issue, you know, and I made a point of it then and I made a point of it in the group. My issue was how they did it with Darby Allen last week, because, you know, we've seen Darby Allen go in a body bag with tax. We've seen him mess around with vehicles. We've seen him go in body bags down half pipes. So really, you know, to me, Darby Allen getting dragged behind in a body bag in a car, that's like a walk in the park. That's a Wednesday for Darby. Yeah. Yeah. I, so to me, there was very little sympathy felt. Yeah. I understand why it was done though, because it's, you know, you're, you're trying to take down the baby faces, trying to get heat on the heels. Right. Um, this week. I, you know what? I, I, I was okay. I, I was okay with it. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, it's, it's the, again, whatever stings 59 or whatever, but, you know, seeing him take the the bump and, and how he looks there, like it didn't, it, it didn't look good. You didn't, no. to me, like you didn't feel good about it, even in, in the realm of, oh, okay, well, this is good because they're getting some, you know, they're getting one over on Sting, they're getting some yeah. heat. It's just almost like you feel sorry for him, but yeah. not, you're, not, not the sympathy where you want to see him, you know, come back and get retribution. No, it's as if you like want him to go pay someone to wrestle yeah, wrestle like, for him. No, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. so that that's where 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 it is for me. It's yeah. I, I'm glad they did something because otherwise we would have been here complaining about oh well here's another week of you know Sting saying five words before getting cut off. Right. Nothing happening. You you make that good point of like Taz and company needed to get some heat on them. Yeah. For sure. But the problem here is it's felt like it squashed the whole angle because now it made you feel like they don't even have like all sting had to do was have them twitch a bit and maybe they jump back finally or you you know because now there's no feeling like that these guys really do have a chance to get in you know you're right you shouldn't be feeling sorry that this guy has to get in there and fight yeah so that's you know and and they made the point that uh you know i know in in the u.s right now there's there's a lot of weather issues going on and the other guys couldn't make it so you know maybe they had something different planned and Mm -hmm. this was plan b so you know you can take that into account too Mm um i'm trying to rack my brain right now thinking you know like what would i have rather seen I, I still, you know, I, I still would have rather seen some sort of beat down, you know, maybe, maybe Sting doesn't drop the bat, you know, maybe he goes to attack, but still with three guys on there, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, <laughs> you know what I would have Maybe you throw hook in for fodder or something like that. <laughs> Let him take the first shot. And then, you know, Brian and Task, something like that. Mm-hmm. What did I would have liked. Did to hook, didn't hook get uh, taken out to, with the bat, with the bat before they even, uh, well, he hit him a bit, but he wasn't yeah. really. Yeah, I don't know because he was in that beatdown. I think if somehow, and maybe, maybe this could have been what they were trying to do. I think they should have went just old classic school and have a beaten up, ribs taped up Darby Allen with a baseball bat come running out, or was something fearsome enough that they looked at it and any reasonable man would have got off. Ah, uh, Run out with an axe. No, no, run out with an axe. Run out. No, with but something. it's Darby Allen. It's got to be a yeah. skateboard. 
with tax on it. There we go. <laughs> yeah. He runs out with tax and they're like, no more tax. But yeah. Uh, and even then, even as this was happening, I was like, okay, you've sold that Darby Allen's been killed. You've sold that uh, Sting is getting killed here. Why not just have generic face whoever only running out because Sting's a fucking veteran. Yeah, an icon. To just, I'm running out because, man, Sting shouldn't be taking this crap. I don't want to get involved in this, but I'm just getting out there, clear the ring. You guys screw off. Maybe that leads that guy later on to a program somewhere else with Taz's company. But you know what? I to 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 go to that point, mm-hmm. I would have just as rather seen, you know, you send out maybe one or two or whatever a couple of guys, and I still would have seen rather seen Brian Cage and Taz. I would rather see them lay them out, beat everybody up. Yeah. Send out beat a bunch of up. the young guys, send out Cutler yep. for that one. Send out, you know, but uh just to have Sting killed and mock like that, just I felt like deflated this match worse than yes. it didn't give it the, the instead of making us want to see it, it made us feel bad, bad for Sting, and that that's not deflated. Deflated is a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, then we go to a promo from Eddie Kingston. Uh, usually, I really enjoy. I don't know this. This I guess too much of the same for me. I was. I didn't hate this promo. I just didn't particularly love it as much as I usually love an Eddie Kingston promo. It was just sort of a recap promo. Yeah. You know, so uh, I just felt it was kind of middle of the road for him, which is unusual because usually his, he really shines on these things, but uh, it was just sort of a mail and let's get ready for the main event. sort of. Thing. Well, I mean, what they're dealing with, what they're rehashing anyways, there's yeah. not really a lot you can really throw. Yeah. There. So I almost makes you wish one of the, they had, maybe if it had been better if he got, uh, Butcher and the Blade saying a few things or something, making a team thing and might have yeah. you know, not stick out as much. Um, okay, I'm interested in this one. I'm interested in what Andy's got to say about this one. We cut to a classroom where uh, Kenny Omega, very much looking like Ric Flair with the whole you know suit thing on, is going to read a book to a bunch of small children uh, in a circle. Uh, <laughs> the book he's reading is the young buck his good friend he's very close his good friends the young bucks uh they this is so funny just because i deal with children a lot and i don't know if you notice this too andy you kind of caught a lot that they were feeding these kids things to say that this yeah. didn't come off naturally like the kids were actually going to say this stuff like yep. somebody was like okay say it because i do this to my son all the time right when he's on the phone to his grandma don't, don't forget to tell you love her or something you know what i mean yeah yeah it, it was really like when that kid said do they love each other? You just knew that there was a guy back there saying, say, do they love each other? Because, of course, they're making fun of the Young Bucks book where it looks like they're looking at each other's crotches. Yeah. Okay. And then the whole, he reads the story for just a tiny bit, uh, gets disinterested, says he doesn't have time, he's getting ready to leave, Callus playing the swarmy whatever. Yeah. Uh, a little kid comes over and says, can you play with us, Kenny? Right. And he, they're like, no, Mr. out. And this was painful because I think if I played it back, you could almost hear somebody out loud telling the kid to say, we hate Nakazawa and then trying <laughs> to get them to chant because it was so unenthusiastic. Like these yeah. kids were all like, Is, are we doing this right? Are, are, we hate Nakazawa? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we then, hate Nakazawa. <laughs> and then they get these kids to get the shit out of a whole bunch of kids beating on this guy. Uh, not going to lie. Part of me wanted to see Nakazawa get up and start kicking these little kids around. But <laughs> <laughs> just because that would have been funny. But uh, I, 
just I guess they're really painting Kenny as the smarmy guy because this just came off as just like and then they're in the back. Oh, we got the demographics for the nine year olds and for the nine year olds. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> they have no buying power, by the way, people. <laughs> four to nine year olds. They, they, no they will in time. It, it, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like an investment in the long run for the long yeah. term. Oh, my gosh. You, I got it. Andy, I, I laughed. Thought this was preposterous, uh, yeah. uncomfortable, and silly. What did you get out of this? Yep, and that was, and it was entertaining for that reason. And okay. I, and I, and I'd like to think that that was that was the intent. Okay. I, I'd, I'd like. I'm going with the impression, you know, that we're supposed to tell that these kids are being fed. That we're supposed, you know, it, yeah. it's like a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Okay. You don't think? I wasn't sure if they were, because part of me is like they're doing the tongue in cheek. That's part of me is like, are they trying to make this like as realistic? Yeah. As no. They can? I, like... I, I interpret it. My, my take on it was tongue in cheek. Okay. And, and that was why it was, you know, it, it was the over the top, over the top funny. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and anybody that listens to our show knows I am not a Don Callis fan. No. But I mean, even you know, even the lines of like you said, that's the, the demographic. We got the four to nine year olds. <laughs> That was funny. Like yes. I, 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 you know, I got a kick out of that. Uh, you know, the whole trying to be a baby face thing. Do you have time to play? No, but it's almost like we're well, here. Uncle, Uncle Michael's, you know, <laughs> Uncle Michael will play. Well, well, we hate him. And just yeah. that was, you know, it's like, yeah, make him look bad because, because you love Kenny that much more, uh, you know, with, with the book, everything like it, to me, it was over the top. I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, now this is funny because when I first logged on, uh, Elio was having a bit of a breakdown, not quite um, James Mitchell, but at least two notches down about this segment. He was like, what the hell was that? So uh, Elio, you had time to mull it around in your head. What did you get out of that segment? I, okay, okay, so I I went back because I, I was watching it on my iPad and then I switched over to the television. Mm -hmm. So I went back and rewound because I didn't get to see it closely enough. But uh, oh, wow. everything about it, Ken, Kenny was just hilarious. Yeah. With uh, when uh, when the kids were asking him, do, do they love each other? Like what? <laughs> oh, I can and, see why you wondered that. And, and, when, <laughs> and when um, when they asked him if the if he can play with if he can play with the kids, and he's like, "Well, we don't have time. Go go with the not Mr. Nakazawa." <laughs> Yeah. Like just everything about it. It was. You want to see it again, don't you? I. You want to see a tour? No, I already. Kenny saw Omega it reading to children. Four to nine. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's go to now. Uh, inner Circle versus. Okay, we got Santana and Ortiz versus the Young Bucks. Okay. Uh, for me, I thought this was a better uh, Young Bucks match than I've seen in a while. And I think that's because Santana and Ortiz, uh, they do spectacular things, but look realistic about it. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, they don't come across as these ridiculous midgety superheroes that sometimes the Young Bucks can make themselves look at. Yeah. Um, my God. Uh, the father of the Young Bucks looks like the greasy father I expected. <laughs> I, you know what? I could see him and the Miz's dad hanging out. <laughs> he looked exactly as I would imagine that. The, uh, he reminded me of an indie, <laughs> an indie guys seeing his son hanging out some 
like trailer guy out of shape with, with his greasy what was that shirt he was even wearing i don't know i don't know the, the i'm in the sequel shirt i'm gonna one up you on this yeah. and maybe this will date me a bit and i think those that understand the reference might agree and think i'm a genius those that don't uh first of all you're wrong and second <laughs> of all if you don't understand it you need to look it up it reminds me of the beavis and butthead do america movie when beavis and butthead uh, are in the middle of the desert and they come up with the roadies who are most likely their fathers because they yes. look so much like them yeah that's what that that's what that's what his dad remind their dad remind me of <laughs> do you want to know who else his dad reminded me of i was like is that robert gibson <laughs> <laughs> wow. like today's robert gibson <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh my God! Sorry, kids. If you want to know what the hell I'm talking about, go look up the Rock and Roll Express today. The guy with the dark hair is who I'm talking about. One that's not Ricky Morton. Yeah, the one who's not Ricky Morton. Um, like I said, though, uh, much interesting Decent match. match. Yeah, decent match. Uh, the biggest thing that bothered me about this match, they're doing all these crazy freaking moves to take each other out, and then the surprise roll-up pin, and it's not even tight like Rehos. Like Rehos look like. No matter how big you were, that would be pretty hard to get out of yeah. that. It was just a simple roll-up. <laughs> and and yeah. the worst part is Ortiz hadn't been dazed. He hadn't been hit. He he just went in there to pick him up and got rolled up. Roll-ups work great if you hit a guy a few times or there's that big surprise. But just a dry roll-up like that comes across as like, mm, okay. That's up there with Brian Cage and Darby Allen. Yes, Yes, it is. The finish of that. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I uh, took it out, took it out for me. And I, I was not a fan of that part. Uh, afterwards, uh, MJF, of course, has to show how much you, you know, he has to do his little wordplay with uh, Ricky Morton or Robert Gibson, at, or I guess, uh, what's his name's dad? Uh, <laughs> you know, the old seemed, buck, the old buck, <laughs> half dead buck. Um, yeah. Wow, their mom's a hottie, eh? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm going to get hate, Leo. <laughs> um, okay, this has got to be probably the most important part of this entire show. The gender reveal. Okay, wait, hang on. Can we back up? Because just can I touch on one thing about that match? Yeah. That, that I really disappointed me. Um, the Young Bucks? Well, <laughs> so- <laughs> Doing a doomsday device, mm-hmm. which, you know, has been like a legit finish and not even go for the pin. Yeah. They hit it, they walk around, and then they go pick them back up. What? We've talked about this many times. Great moves are now becoming transitional moves. When the hell did the doomsday device become a transitional move? Because that's what it's become. A lot of people are doing it lately. Um I guess in my mind, the only thing I can say is oh, at least the road warriors were big enough that when they hit you with it, you went we're down. Dead. Yeah. I mean, I Still, guess if you're only 150 pounds like Nick Jackson, I guess maybe it's not such a big deal. I, I at least, please, for, you know, at least out of respect, go yeah. for a pin. That's, that's all I got. That, that, that's bleh, bleh. Yeah. Yeah. And what it tells us is that the doomsday device is not as devastating as a buckle bomb. No, especially when it's done by the Young Bucks. Yeah. Oh, brother. Okay. No, I agree with that, Andy. Good Good call. Um, all right. Uh, gender reveal. Let's, I was just mocking it. Who cares? 
Olympic I, wrestling. Like, really? Come on. You know what? Okay, no, I will complain about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to do a gender reveal. And, and I forget what I was doing, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, because it's Cody and Brandy, there's going to be a production out of this. And there was. So they, well, no, but I mean, like, there was going to be more to it, like, like an oh. actual segment, as opposed to they come out, and I think I, like, looked down, or I went to get my drink or something, and all of a sudden, there was, like, pyro, and it was a girl, like, but they were, they were just coming out, they were just doing their entrance. Yeah. And that was the gender reveal. Well, like, wait, what? <laughs> this to me was also another all-time low for uh, for uh, Dustin, or uh, Dustin Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he wasn't coming out for a match. He wasn't even coming out for an interview. He was coming out to sit on commentary, and he still got his goddamn entrance with pyro and music yeah. in the full bit. I don't know. Is pyro good for for an unborn child like that when she was that close to the pyro? Yeah, only if you wanted her to go to special schools all her life. Uh, I, <laughs> at the very <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I'm sure if they had done like a big production out of it, I'd be griping about that. But to me, the fact that like, oh yeah, we're gonna do a big gender reveal, and it's like in the midst of your intro. It's like, <laughs> I well, I don't know. I I'm still wondering if we should change this to all Cody wrestling. Yeah. ECW. Yeah. Alrighty. Um. Next. Once again, this is pissing me off. Before we get into this, I'm just gonna say. There is a bunch of good tag teams, up-and-coming tag teams in this thing. Why give us guys who are tailored for dark again? Okay? FTR taking on Matt, and as everyone said, who the fuck is Mike? Mike Sidell? Because we've never heard of him. Sidell, his brother. You know why you've never heard of him? Why have we never heard of him? Watch the match. That guy is garbage, man. He just, he made, uh, he make uh, Jake, uh, Jack, um, Evans? So he made Jack Evans look like a trapeze artist, okay? He had such a shitty move at the end where he tried to do that, whatever he oh, tried to do. Some, yeah, the commentary tried to cover that one too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was so bad that one they had to feel bad trying to cover. Um FTR comes out. Uh they're facing uh the Seidel brothers. Uh Matt, who we've known for a gazillion years, Mike, who we've never heard of, but apparently he just genetically grew a brother in a vat or something, because all of a sudden this guy came out of nowhere. He's not very good. He looks extremely oh, awkward. Terrible. He tries to do moves that are like his brother's moves, but they don't come off very good. Um why couldn't we have seen uh insert any of the why couldn't we see FTR beat top flight? Yeah. Top Flight could easily lose it to lose right now. They're still young and up and coming. Yeah. Uh, why not the rapping dudes, the acclaimed? There seems like those guys are being tailor made to be good guys after last week. Yeah. Why not? Even you know? even uh, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr. You know, hell yeah. You know, but given us once again kind of a a step down, and that felt I did not enjoy that. Um, I'm watching this. Um, FTR still has a lot of good stuff in them, but you know what? And, and, and maybe you guys are wrong, but I really prefer Cash Wheeler of this team. He seems to actually do a lot more that gets no credit because Dax has the look, I guess. Yeah. He has that hateful look that he seems to be the focus. And every time it's Cash who will run out and do something spectacular and nobody even really mentions it, which I find extremely bizarre. So, And, and if the fans who are listening to this and wondering which FTR member I'm talking about, I'm talking about the one who isn't bald. 
He's the one. Uh, the one with hair is the one who seems to do to do a lot more for this team. But although, but it was right. it was the bald one that worked Jungle Boy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a hell of a match. One yes, the they did. Matches. One of the best matches. They, did, they had a very good yeah. match. Um, I want to see more Cash Wheeler sometimes. I think though. Anyways, you want more, you want more cash? <laughs> who doesn't want more cash? Right. Uh, <laughs> I hear uh, the train are coming. It's oh. rolling round. Oh no! Wait, wrong cash. Wrong cash. But I also loved your Prism Cash one. Thank you. That was, yes. That was spectacular. There you go. Thank you. All right. Um, fans, we're not even going to tell you what the hell we're talking about. Nope. <laughs> you look up Andy Anderson, try and friend him and look back at his nope. memories and maybe. But I, don't want you, I don't want you as a friend. <laughs> All righty. So anyways, uh, ends up FTR, of course, takes a win. Because let's face it. Did anyone here really think that this team had any chance even before they started wrestling? This was an enhancement match for the FTR. Plain yeah. and simple. Yep. Nothing wrong with like, that. And like I said, they could have easily um, had any interesting team to develop some teams to come in and do this. I mean, it's not like, you know, not like AEW has 800 tag teams floating around. They do. So um, I'm going to say it was an okay match, but no, it wasn't that okay. I mean, FTR looked good, but it was a straight-up enhancement match. You know? Uh, anything else you guys want to throw? Any nope. observations about any of these guys? Nope. Nope. Not even match. Alrighty, uh, let's move on. Um, holy cap, crap, cap. Holy crap, I cannot, I, I looked this week and I just about puked watching John Moxley's camera work. The back and forth shit is not good. <laughs> that is not good. Wait, did they do it again in this yeah. promo? They oh. did it for half the thing and then he stopped, said something, and then they went back and forth to doing it again. And I'm like, are we on a fucking ship? Yeah. Why is the bullet train? Last why, week. why are they doing that? This promo is something good. Why are they doing this back and forth again? Um, I also want to say that this promo was just on par with Eddie Kingston's promo. Nothing special about it. No, Nothing but for, again, for what? Yeah, but for what they're working with, it, it's yeah. yeah. It was just. I think to me, it almost felt more like time filler than than anything. Exactly before. felt. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. It was time filler. We need to fill this stuff in. Yeah. Um, but no audio issues. So hey, good stuff. Oh, I guess I did skip the part. FTR getting uh, jumped by uh, Jurassic Express. Oh, new mask, new mask, <laughs> new mask. <laughs> You're welcome, Rick Serrano III. I did see the black horns. And black I horns matter. Black horns matter. You're a very touching man. <laughs> um, oh, oh, okay. Because we're talking about all this stuff and we're laughing. Mm -hmm. Where was it? Uh, oh no! Wait, the the Jr. slip up. You know what I'm talking about? Did did that happen at the end? You know what? I didn't even really notice it until you guys uh, brought it up. Brought it up. So it must it must have been no. It must have been earlier. So it must have happened when they cut to the whole inner circle thing the first time because that, I was watching the show when you guys and I was behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to go back to see if I can out. find it now. You guys sent that out, and I had no idea. Like, I didn't notice it personally. And I was like, oh, did I miss that? So I, I think it was when they had the whole Ortiz and the inner circle together beforehand, I think might have been. What they're talking about is uh, they, they isolated. That was, that, was, that was going into the, uh, the, the, the school. The school uh... Oh, yeah, because it was Kenny. Oh, yeah, sorry. Kenny Omega. Okay, yes. so wrestling fans. WPOV fans, I challenge you if you did not hear it, and it was Rick Serrano the third. I will give credit where credit is due. 
uh, he picked up what it really sounds like a slip by JR. Uh, before they go to the, uh, you know, they go to Kenny Omega at the daycare or whatever, the, the school, JR seemingly calls Kenny Omega the WWE champion. I heard it. I, and from, yeah, I heard it too. So I'm, I'm going to say seemingly because I'm, you know, I'm just saying that. There's a, but uh, I challenge you, if, if you already heard it, you're going to go, yep. Please write in, tell us that you heard it. Uh, if you didn't and you still have it on PVR, you can go back or maybe by the point that you're listening to here, listening to this, it's uh, it's already come out on the uh, all the sites that, hey, JR stepped up and called him the WWE champion. But I challenge you to yeah. go and listen. Yeah, and I, I heard it. You guys sent me the clip and I listened to the clip. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whoa. <laughs> Poor JR. So, uh, <laughs> so as much as, the, to me, it was funny because as much as, you know, you see the interviews and they kind of rag on, oh yeah, we beat NXT. Uh, and this is, I, I think all the cool kids kind of say this, but uh, apparently WWE is still living in JR's mind uh, rent free right now. Yep. <laughs> well, let's face it. He's an old man. He might not know where he's getting his rent money from. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Wow. <laughs> Put some barbecue sauce on that JR. Uh, I, I didn't want to go there, but wow. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh too hard because I'm not that far off from JR. So, <laughs> Actually, all three of us aren't all that far off from JR. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Elio, you're older than us all, you creep. Anyhow, <laughs> aren't you like 56? You're only a couple yeah. years younger than Sting. Yeah, you, you right, Sting's old? little brother. 56. You're like 56. You die, you just do a better job of dying your hair than I'm Sting not 56. Does. Where are you yeah. getting information from? From your the mom. internet. <laughs> the internet doesn't lie. <laughs> Wikipedia, anyhow, internet uh, doesn't lie. It's what you talking about. Uh, all right, finally, we get to the main event. Um, Lance Archer, uh, Ray Phoenix, and John Moxley taking on the team of Eddie Kingston, Butcher, and the Blade. Um, I'm going to let Andy talk a little bit about this one. Uh, you know what? For me, and it, it, it's these six men, eight men, multi men matches. Uh, by and by, I, I just usually tend to sit back and enjoy them. Uh, this match was no different. You know, I, I'm not going to get too picky on it. I liked it. I, there was the one point uh, that I did write down about noticing where, um, what was it, Archer was going to go up to do his top rope walking thing, and Phoenix kind of made a save there that looked a little awkward. But you know what? I liked it because it made sense, and the fact that it wasn't super smooth, to me, made it look more real. I liked it. I only yep. want to counter that it took forever when he reached up, he could have eaten all that time. The guy could have pushed him off, but he sat there and waited with his hand. I think it was one of those things. It was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to do it. And once he actually got up there, it's like, oh, wait, this is not going to go the same way it was in our minds. <laughs> and so I'm just going to jump off and just kind of knock him down. Yeah. And, and I was okay with that. And, and like I said, for me, uh, it was, it was just, it was a fun match. Yeah. Nothing, uh -huh. not, not a barn burner, but it was fun. Um, Butcher and the Blade. Yeah. They look pretty good. I, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, maybe I don't give credit a lot because sometimes he goes too far. But in this setting, I like Phoenix a lot. Yeah. He really seems on point with that whole jumping on the rope and then spin kicking somebody somewhere. Yeah. It looks realistic, looks painful. Even as a small guy, it looks like he could be like kicking you pretty freaking hard like that. So I appreciate yep. that. Yep. Uh, I liked him in this setting instead of having him do, you know, the 
aerial acrobatics with his brother, it was good to have him tamed down a bit to do these cool moves in bursts. Yeah. Um, I don't like, I hate this one. I'm, I'm so sick of the where you're going. of everyone gets their finishing move in and each guy, oh, okay. number one hits number one, then number two hits number one, and then number two hits number two, and then three, you know, and then yeah. the last guy who comes in gets hit by the first guy or they all lay there. Yeah, yeah. I hate that trope a lot. Um, I, I don't mind it. It's like the, like a kind of like the shotgun style. Yeah. I actually thought you were going to go back to, uh, was it, there was something that happened outside the ring Phoenix. Oh no, it was when, um, and this was okay. I, you know, I had fun with this, uh, Archer choke slamming Phoenix uh, on the guys outside. Yep. Yeah. But then Phoenix had to get up and hold them. Yeah. And Phoenix took the brunt of Archer's. That's a part. Yes. Andy, you know me so well. Cause I'm like, okay. So he gets choke slammed onto the guy, which yeah. is okay. The two guys. Yeah. The two guys. But I, how many moves have we ever seen where you hold the guys up and then you move out of the way? Yeah. But he didn't it doesn't move. make sense <laughs> that you would get beat up by your own tag team partner and take the move. And he took the brunt of it. Yeah. He took the worst it's, of that. It's, it's like, it's like if you were bowling and there was three pins left, Phoenix was the middle pin. And it's almost like Archer, like what like one of those deals where you like hit just the middle pin and you did you know, like a little bit like, like a split. Mm -hmm. um, it, my biggest gripe about Archer right now is Archer's this really big dude who's wrestling like he's trying to be really soft with everybody. I don't yeah. know if you guys noticed that. It's like he's supposed to be big and powerful, but everything he does, his little jump across the thing, everything seems like he slows it down at the last second so nobody gets hurt. And it, but it's too telling. It looks too. It never makes him look like an, you know. Even oh, what about that move he tried to do off the top rope? It just came off as so awkward today. He really. It, it, I was looking. I would imagine Snoop doing this. Coming <laughs> down and doing that, you know. Um, and I don't want to see that in Archer. Archer's a big, scary dude. Wrestle like yeah. you're a freaking monster. Yeah. Don't wrestle like you're trying to be kids friendly with everybody. Yeah. There was one time where he kicked Eddie Kingston where it looked like Elio could have kicked him harder. <laughs> you know? Um, I really for, could. for a 56-year-old to do that too, I mean... 56. <laughs> yeah, 56-year-old like Elio to take a kick like that from Lance Archer. I, I want to see about. it. And by the way, fans, keep them coming because uh, all the requests we're getting and the money we're getting in, it looks like Elio is probably going to get kicked in the balls pretty soon by Andy in the next while. Money is Excellent. And if you send in more money and ask for other requests, Andy might throw in something extra like an You know what? There was a time when I, I was young. Uh, you know, I would do things. I needed the money. Uh, now I'm old. I need the money. So. <laughs> hey, and this time you got a lot less dancing to do under the hot lights, buddy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Anderson, jiggle we, we got a little, we got a little <laughs> sidetracked. Let's get back, yeah. back on track. Okay, so um, this match was good, not great. It wasn't the most exciting main event, but it had some interesting stuff. It was fun. I, it was fun. Yeah, I appreciated Butcher and the Blade looking good. I appreciated yeah. Ray Phoenix looking good. Eddie Kingston did not come on. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley pretty much came out like their um, interviews earlier, like their segments. They were yeah. middle of the road, you know they. You know, there wasn't a lot of heart, a lot of behind it. Um, at the end, uh, this whole, <laughs> the Good Brothers come in, attack Moxley. Kenny Omega with his shiny, those are goofy ass boots he's wearing. Those are heat um, seekers. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. Um, I'm sorry, guys. 
when he said that he was going to do a specialty match, I'm just like, no, please, no, we don't need Bob Wire exploding ring match. I tell you guys, I don't give two shits about this match. I, I don't need this hokey crap in a, what's supposed to be the world title. It's, I don't mind Luther and undercard guys doing this. I do not want to see the world champion and upper guys doing this kind of garbage match. I'm sorry. I, I, the only thing I appreciated out of this whole segment was when uh, Moxley headbutted uh, yes. Kenny Omega and it broke his glasses and he had blood on his forehead from where the, yeah. the nose nub hit him in the forehead. What do you think of this, man? Exploding uh, ring barbed wire match. To me, this is if we weren't in the midst of what we were in and if we were still doing buildings with full, you know, full capacity, this match wouldn't be happening. I think this is happening because we're in uh, you know, a situation where you've got a small handful of fans. Nobody's going to be close to ringside. We can get away with doing this. But you wouldn't be doing this back in the good old days of uh, 2019 mm-hmm. when you'd be filling up an arena. So uh, maybe it's just an opportunity to try and make something happen. Um, Maybe they won't even do it in front of Daly's place. Maybe it's something where they'll do it in the middle of the, the football stadium. Kind of like the, the stadium stampede match yeah. or something. You know, kind of like the FMW style. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's necessary. It, to me, it's just trying to get the, uh, you know, trying to get the attention, trying to get the eyes on people. I guess, but I mean, you got to remember, Andy, they did one of these garbage hardcore matches last year when there were people. You know, this isn't the first time they've done one of these ridiculous hardcore matches. Their first match against each other. And it was a terrible match. And they did uh, this sort of thing. So I don't know, man. It's um, I just don't want to see this kind of garbage. It's not for me. Um, Sometimes I want when it comes to wrestling, I want to have a show like AEW where I could turn on with somebody and say, hey, check this out. That's kind of cool. This to me just is embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing. And especially, I think another thing, this devalues your AEW title. You know, do you think uh, we're ever going to see Drew uh, McIntyre or Roman Reigns do a exploding match barbed wire match? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, the most you get is hell in the cell, which can be pretty rough, but it's not a bunch of jaggedy, ridiculous things to cut yourself to make yourself bleed. So not a fan of this this kind well, of you know what, it's funny you, you say that though but even mm-hmm. based on other stuff that we've seen with barbed wire baseball bats that you know apparently seem gimmick because guys were getting hit and stuck yeah. with them and there was nothing going on uh this could almost you know you're saying the jaggedy stuff it could almost go the other end where people might watch it and go this is really fake yeah that's no and that's the thing too i, I didn't want to bring it up i was trying to figure out a way to formulate that in my head but it's a struggle enough to get people to watch wrestling. It's a struggle yeah. enough that you throw a guy in the ropes and he bounces back or into the corner. You know, those yeah. things are struggle enough. Now I have to buy that we're going to do this fake wrestling with barbed wire, whether fake or not. And I'm supposed to buy into this. And an explode. How gimmicky is an exploding match? That's right out of Japan shit. I don't think any major promotion has ever done anything ridiculous. And there's a reason. It isn't because they're trying to be trendsetters here. It's because it's garbage. Yeah. You know, 
it's garbage. And that's why people don't do it in uh, WWE or, you know, any of the major companies that we've seen in the last I'm 20 th- years. You know, you, it's funny because you say that. I, I think with WWE, I, I think of like the, like the Inferno matches and stuff mm-hmm. with the fire and the special effects there. That might be the closest to something gimmicky yeah. that you're going to go like, uh, but uh, my, you know, I guess the defense I'll give with that is at least you're watching that and mm-hmm. you're getting like a character like Undertaker, like Kane, like Bray Wyatt. Where you can kind of tie in and have that suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it, they go full to, fantasy with it. Yeah, but to have these guys doing it. Uh... Yeah, and if you guys remember the Inferno match, which on record sounds horrible, was basically just a ring of fire outside of the ring. And remember how he gingerly put his foot on fire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they were grinding each other's faces into the fire, or which we're going to yeah. see. And yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, now... Geez, soured me i almost wish i hadn't talked about this because now we have to figure out our rating for the show and this has kind of soured me this just this last segment so i'm gonna try and trying not to put this in my mind elio let's start off with you buddy what kind of uh what, what are you going to give this on your report card this week you know with the c a c okay uh andy yeah, I, I was waffling between a C and a C minus. And when you picked Elio first, I'm like, okay, good. Because Elio and I seem to be fairly close on uh, our ratings. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, uh, that's what it was to me. It was just an, it was an average show. Okay. And I was uh, vacillating between a B minus and a C. But the last thing put such a, a stink in my mouth. I also wanted to go C minus, and it shouldn't be. One little segment shouldn't ruin that much for me in a thing. So I'm going to go C with you guys this week. Okay, so uh, at least it wasn't horrible. (laughs) Now, was this a live show tonight? Did anyone notice if it said live on the graphics? Because I've noticed like last week, I didn't even realize we had watched a tape show. Yeah. Although, you know what, here we got some late breaking stuff coming in here and uh, about the uh, WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And the slip up with Jim Ross, <laughs> and uh, it says, as you might imagine, the internet took notice. So uh, Rick Serrano, good on you. And uh, apparently, uh, Drew McIntyre found out as well, and he he tweeted saying the I quote the WWE World Champion Drew McIntyre is not impressed or amused. <laughs> <laughs> And I got to give Rick, uh, he's on fire tonight because he also had a picture of Sting laying there. And it says, uh, when you get powerbombed at 61 and hear Macho Man and Dusty arguing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, guys, uh, if anything, we had a good few good laughs and some good arguments on this week's uh, episode. Um, Anything you guys want to throw up before we head out of here? No, I just... uh... Yeah, I'm curious to see because next week will be the go-home show for the March 3rd uh, big, amazing, super... Do they even have a name for it? Rivalry between uh, Shaq and Jay Cargill against Red Velvet and uh, Cody Rhodes. So I'm curious to see. Well, you know, the whole crux of this feud is Brandy Rhodes. I mean, Shaq was okay just coming and doing a match, but, you know, that bitch throws uh, water on his $500 suit shit's going to go down. Well, you know, and, so, and you say that, I mean, obviously the, the timing of getting pregnant yeah. doesn't help. So I imagine it would be Cody and Brandy versus uh, Shaq and Jade had she not been pregnant. 
Yeah. And, and here's the thing is Shaq should be going, you know what? That bitch was so scared of me. She got herself pregnant to get out of this match. That's what I would have been saying. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. See, this is what I'm talking about. That kind of stuff. We don't need Jade Cargill shooting hoops. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. And yeah. She's so scared. She went and got herself knocked up. So she doesn't have to get in the ring with me. That right there. That's money. Uh, the worst. What did we get? We got Shaq with this constipated look, looking at a stopwatch today. Yeah. And Jade <laughs> saying nothing and she can shoot hoops. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, folks, uh, I wonder what's going to happen when we get to that show. It's, I always say interesting because interesting is the word that means it can be mean anything from awesome to absolutely shitty to who gives a fuck. So I will use the word as it'll be interesting. I hope I, you know, I hope someone from AEW is listening to this podcast and they can go go back to Cody and go, hey, you know what would be great? Let's get Shaq to say this. And yes. although you won't get any credit for it, we'll know that that line came from you. And at least we'll know people might get a little more invested in Shaq getting into the ring. Because, I mean, Ugh. nothing has really... It's an all Cargill, too. I mean, Shaq's the name, and they haven't shown a shit about him. So, oh, well. Anyways, folks, we, uh, we had an interesting time. Uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you guys soon. Check us out on Quarantine. We have a really fun one after this episode coming up ne on next Tuesday. I got to tell you, we spent some time with uh, the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller, and man, that was so fun. Uh, I could have, we could have sat on for oh. hours and asked him questions and he was up for it, but the big storm in uh, Texas took us out after just after the one hour mark. So hopefully we can get Ron down the line because man, he is an entertaining fella. Got to get Full of stories, out. full of stories and full of history. Oh man. Some really good stuff on there. And wherever you are, Bob Roop, I will find you and someday probably have to interview because as much fun as I made you, you keep coming up in every fucking story that any uh, veteran seems to have that wrestled anywhere south of Seattle. So, <laughs> folks, uh, great talking with you. Check out other shows. Elio, you uh, bastard. Fans, we will talk to you all next week.